0: Rosalie
1: hesitated in the doorway, her breathtaking face unsure. Of course, I replied, my voice an octave high with surprise. Come on in. I sat up, sliding to the end of the sofa to make room. I'm Julia Ergy And I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And this is Hot and Bothered, Twilight in Quarantine. So we, we intend this podcast to be funny, and then things happen, like, like a pretty explicit gang rape scene. And so we just want to acknowledge that that is what happens in the text, and we are going to try to find some lightness not in rape, but in this chapter anyway. And so if you need to skip this episode, we totally get it. And this is some weird, dark shit that the book explores. In not necessarily the best way. So we're going to, you know, we will allude to what happened. We are not going to make light of what happened, but nor are we going to give it the attention that a different kind of podcast should and would. So we just wanted to let you know about how we're going to handle the Rosalie chapter. We're going to do our best at the whole chapter and our 30-second recaps. Vanessa, take it away. Okay, count me in. Three, two. One, go. Knock, knock. It's Rosalie. Why are you sleeping on the couch? Oh, I don't care. I'm sorry, Edward. Kidnaps you sometimes. It's pretty messed up. He's not as bad as he seems, though. Bella's like, Why do you hate me? And she's like, because I always wanted my brother to want to fuck me. And I was jealous because I thought that he didn't want to fuck anyone. And then he wanted to fuck you. And then she tells her backstory and she's like, I just want you to make a decision because I wouldn't have chosen this life and you shouldn't either. Ta-da! Lovely. Well done. Thank you. I literally just skipped over the rate. Yeah. I might skirt a little closer. Okay, you do it. You go. You be brave. On your mark. Get set. Go. So they're having a conversation and Bella's like, why do you hate me? And she's like, well, let me tell you. And then she tells her backstory. She was living in Rochester, um, New York. She's an East Coaster. She always loved babies. Um, Then it's the rape scene. (laughs) And then she changes Emmett because he looks like a baby that she once knew. And then – they reconcile and she seems to hate Bella less by the end of the chapter. And Bella is always enamored with Rosalie and her good looks. Yeah. The big thing that neither of us mentioned is that Rosalie becomes like a vigil anti-warrior in which she kills her ex fiance who raped her while in a wedding dress. And the other rapists and the husband's security guards. Did she kill the other Rapist, also in her wedding gown? No, I think she was in plain clothes. Yeah, the thing that I was trying to call attention to was the wedding gown. Mm-hmm. She's like, Here I am in all white to show the blood of your sins. Julia, it's time for breaking news. Do do I actually had a lot this chapter we, because we learned so much about Rosalie that we didn't know before. She was so mysterious to us and we gained so much insight. It seems like she's been really trying to talk to Bella for a long time and has just been waiting for the right moment for Edward to disappear, which I've also been waiting for. So I was happy to see that confirmed in the text. Good things happen when Edward is gone. (laughs) The other thing we hear is that as Rosalie has become a vampire, she's turned into a socialist who doesn't believe in meritocracy and hates monarchies. Say more about that, because I don't remember her getting on a soapbox and stumping. Oh, it was amazing. She was like, my dad used to think that all of his hard work got him that. I didn't realize it was all luck. I've learned so much. I was so shallow. My ex-fiance's last name was Kings. Kings have every door open for them. I hate Kings. It was amazing. Yeah, she does not seem to fit in with the rest of the Cullens. She has, like, interesting thoughts and opinions. I know. I know. And it makes sense that she doesn't want to date Edward because as we learned a new moon, Edward hates democracy and loves fascism. Yeah. So they're really on the polar opposite ends of the political spectrum there. Absolutely. And then my last breaking news is that Rosalie hates hot men, which I really enjoyed to hear about. She was like, I didn't like Carlisle and Edward because they were hot and I hated them even more because they were hot men. Well, she hated them because they were hotter than she was. And she was used to being the hottest. I mean, did you know that about her? I didn't. Oh, no, no, no. You were just saying it as if it was a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That is something Rosalia and I have in common. I'm just not sure it's a virtue. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Did you have any breaking news? I do. I think we've declared this before, but it is officially official. Carlisle only saves hot people. And he's obsessed with hot people. He repeats just again and again when Rosalie is dying. Let me find it. It would be such a waste. It was too much waste. <laughs> yes, which is officially eugenics and believing that like certain people are worth saving because of how they look. And it's so confusing because everyone's always talking about his regard for human life. For hot human life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, Carlyle is a social Darwinist and believes that we should be turning vampires into a superior hot race. That's my update. Yeah. Did you have any moments of genuine enjoyment? Rosalie says, I'm sure I've hurt your feelings enough in the past, and I don't want to do that again. Don't worry about it, Rosalie. My feelings are great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my feelings are great is exactly what I'm saying when I'm doing terribly. <laughs> don't worry about it. My feelings are great. <laughs> Yeah. It's Aww. also such like an unnatural, like, I'm I'm doing fine. It's like, my feelings are great. It was really fun to read. Sounded just like me. <laughs> and then I also loved the prison break at the end. That I was know. the most thrilling plot experience that I have had in this whole series because I did not see it coming at all. Me the neither. total shift in this chapter by the end where Jacob comes to... Break Bella out of Alice capture at school. I feel like every other plot thread I've been like waiting for and expecting. And this was like an actual appearance that was out of nowhere. So it was extremely fun to read. Absolutely. And it was like so like Jacob showing up on his hot bike to save the day. I was like, hey, it was great. <laughs> yeah. And then he revs his engine away. Yeah. Vroom, vroom. What about you? Did you have any genuine enjoyment? I did like Rosalie's I'm hot and I know it vibe. Mm -hmm. I just love it when people know they're hot and just are like, yeah, it's a fact of my life. It's a cross that I bear. (laughs) Self-awareness is great in general, but women's confidence is really great. Yeah. Another moment of you seeing yourself on the page. Exactly. I was like, I know Rosalie. Me (laughs) too. Julia, do you have any advice to impart graciously upon the people? I do. I have some advice for Edward, even though he barely makes an appearance in this chapter. That's not going to stop me. We heard at length in Twilight Book 1 that Edward was into vigilante justice for a period of time, killing rapists. And I think that even if he's not eating the rapists, he should at least be patrolling for them and doing some just like... I don't know, looking out for his community members, like what else does he have to do at 11 p.m. in Rochester in the 1940s? Like he's not busy. He is awake all the time and he could really be doing more public service, as I always say. And this is my latest idea for that. Yeah, it's not just that he's awake all the time. It's that he's awake and has no reason to be scared, right? Because, like, if I was awake all the time, I wouldn't necessarily start prowling the streets because I'm like a five foot two woman who's mortal and like not that fast if I had to run away from like the possum that I saw on my street the other night, which was really uh-huh. scary. But, like, Edward has nothing to be afraid of, he could just eat the possum.
0: From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.
1: What's your first piece of advice? My first piece of advice is that I think Rosalie should remember all of the people who she murdered. She was like, I only ever murdered five people, as if that was like a statistic that she's rolled off a lot. And then she was like, oh, wait, I guess it was seven because it was also the two guards. And I would just like to say that those two guards, their deaths maybe even matter the most because they didn't do anything wrong. They were hired hands to protect the ex, but they didn't contribute to her gang rape. So I don't know. I wonder if she should have a journal, if she should, like, tattoo all of their names onto her body, something. But she, like, murdered them and doesn't even remember that she murdered them. And I think she should remember them. When you said tattoo their names, you meant the security guards and not Royce King. Correct. Just the two who she forgets about. Got it. I don't think she needs to like commemorate. (laughs) Get a sleeve. Yeah. No, 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 no. But the initials of the two guys who she murdered Mm -hmm. because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. She doesn't have to get a tattoo. She can like write their initials and lipstick on her mirror. Just like something to like remind herself that there are two people she murdered that she like keeps forgetting about. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of an unfair standard given that all the other vampires have murdered tons of people. And they don't have to keep track of a single one. If it was up to me, they did. (laughs) Have a huge log. Yeah. 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 I think it makes sense to stay organized. It's like a scrapbook. (laughs) It's not even a scrapbook. It's like contact tracing. Like, it's just (laughs) important... To remember who you've had certain interactions with. Like, what if the grandchild of one of these bodyguards comes and says, are you Rosalie Hale? You murdered my grandfather. Prepare to die. And she was like, I don't know who you are, right? Like, it's so awkward when one person knows who you are and you don't remember who they are. Yeah, it's rude. She has to be polite for the future vampire hunter about her decisions have spawned. Exactly. Makes total sense. Do you have a second piece of advice? Yeah, I actually have some advice for Rosalie. She really loves babies, which I relate to. Love a baby. But she has like a bit of confusion about people who don't love babies and especially women who don't love babies. She seems like really perplexed that this could be an option and attributes Alice's lack of desire to have a baby to be because of the fact that she has, quote unquote, no memory of her human life. So my advice to Rosalie is to just like get comfortable with the idea that some women don't want children she could read a book about it yeah I'm trying to think like should she look at some famous people's lives like Elizabeth the first didn't have babies and she did some stuff Oprah right Oprah baby free and thriving Jennifer Aniston true. Don't you think that Queen Elizabeth II likes her corgis more than she likes her children? She seems really (laughs) disappointed in all her kids. Yeah, she just needs to understand that there are a variety of perspectives beyond her own in this issue. It's tough because Esme, her quote unquote mom, is also dealing with the same issues. So she has a bit of like tunnel vision as to what other women could think. And obviously no vampires have friends at basically anywhere. So it's a little bit hard for them to figure it out. Yeah, confusing. Do you have a second piece of advice? I do. I've really soured on Carlisle. Because of the hotness thing? Yeah, so that I wasn't thrilled with him. But then I was like, why is he letting this kidnapping happen in his own home? He's like big on supporting people and caring about humans. I don't understand how Carlisle is letting this happen in a house that he lives in. Well, he's not calling Charlie and is like, your daughter is really unhappy here. You should come pick her up or something. Yeah. I mean, he's been really absent this whole book. I wouldn't put it past Edward to also kidnap Carlisle for dissenting uh, about the Bella kidnapping plan because we only hear that Esme approves. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Carlisle doesn't. It's stuck in the vampire basement. OK, well, then my advice is for Carlisle. Get out of the basement. <laughs> She is uncomfortable in her, in this house. And I'm sure the basement isn't comfortable for him either. Yeah. Carlisle, get out of the basement. Julia, it's now time for reality TV corner. Dun, dun. (laughs) We're doing The Bachelor this week. My favorite television show. Vanessa, who are you sending on a date? I bet that you and I pick the same people because I think it's so obvious who should go on a date in this chapter. Um, There's one correct answer, and I know I have it. So if you say anything different, like you're going to be wrong <laughs> back at you. So Edward and Rosalie need to go on a date. You both sort of love to murder people, but justify it. You're both really hot. You're both already vampires and hate being a vampire. You guys are like both very moody. You both like nice cars and like to drive fast. And we know that you both like Bella and think that you know what's best for her. So I think that you guys have a lot in common. And there seems to be some real sexual tension here. And it's just time to figure out what's going on. Okay, but riddle me this, Vanessa. Why are you sending siblings on a date? they are pretend adopted siblings if they were really adopted siblings i would be like okay but they've pretended to be different things over the years don't buy into this like vampire lie spider web of traps they are not really siblings yeah she does say she loves him like a brother though yeah i think that that's a cover like that's what you say about someone who you shouldn't be attracted to you're like oh no i just love him like a sister sure I call bluff on this. I think they totally want each other. Here's the thing. I don't know, but I want to send them on a date Mm -hmm. so that they can find out. So what's the date? Okay. So they both love to drive fast. So I think that they should like rent out the Indy 500 racetrack and like race. And like they, I could see them both getting like super turned on by competition and Rosalie wins. And they're like, I hate you. I hate you. And then they make out. And then their wedding is like a, a car checkered themed color wedding.
0: <laughs> I literally hated this entire idea.
1: That's not nice. You're my friend. You're supposed to be supportive of my ideas. The car checkered themed wedding and like Rosalie and Edward, who I think would be a horrible couple going on a date and getting horny from driving cars and making out. Like it's really not scratching my itch. Well, I'm not trying to scratch your itch. I'm trying to help two lost people find true love, Julia. This isn't about you. Okay, well, best of luck. Let the people decide. (laughs) They can tell us what they think. Okay, what is your not as good idea? Mine is obviously Bella and Rosalie. That's so dumb. Rosalie hates Bella. You think that people, quote unquote, hating another person is less of a romantic trope than people saying that they love them like a brother. The fake hate is like a whole thing. (laughs) Okay, okay, make your pitch. (laughs) Obviously, they're going to fall in love. We've been saying this for books and books. Their date, since they talk a lot about this chapter about images and like perception and appearances, I'm going to send them to one of those dark dining establishments that you've seen in the rom-com About Time, perhaps. I love that. Meet cute. Yeah. So they're going to go to the dark dining establishment. It's not going to be about their physical appearances. They're going to have a soul connection. Obviously, it's a great place because Rosalie can pretend to eat even though she doesn't eat. She can just like, you know, stuff all the food in a little knapsack and take it to go. Give it to Bella later. Bella can have a real meal and they can connect over their souls rather than appearances. Great. Okay. Well, the people on the Instagram can decide. I'm eager. This is a real nail biter here. (laughs) Just so you know, you are basically suggesting another Leah, Emily, Sam situation. You're like causing a rift between siblings and creating a love triangle. Well, as you mentioned earlier, they're not siblings, so you can't have it both ways. Emily and Leah aren't really siblings either, hence, it being a one to one (laughs) metaphor. The Venn diagram of this metaphor is a circle. Well, Bella and Rosalie will elope and so they won't have to make Edward be the bridesman at the wedding. Before we go, move on to the care package. Do you have anything in your Twilight diary, Julia? I have only things in support of my bachelor pairing. At one point, Bella describes Rosalie as having a glorious immortal body. (laughs) Okay, anything else? As I touched on in my 30 second recap. What did you think of the whole like Emmett being her new mate because of the looking like a baby she wants new thing? Every time you ask me a question like this, I'm like, "I don't know. this podcast was your idea. I'm just here. Any reason why we're compelled to love each other is a good thing. That's nice. I was thinking it could be, like, foreshadowing of the future falling in love with a baby thing that we're going to find next book. I know, but I don't want to think about that until it's right in front of us. (laughs) (laughs) Imprinting is coming, Vanessa, and there's nothing you can do about it. Did you have anything in your Twilight Diary? Yeah, mostly just a renewed sadness that there isn't vampire therapy. Rosalie has a lot to process here about... The trauma that has happened to her, the grief that she needs to feel about the fact that, like, she doesn't have a kid. There are so many unhealthy family dynamics happening in this house. And it just made me sad that they couldn't have just, like, a therapist come for a day and talk about everything and then kill that person and then forget about it. Yeah, that's an interesting idea that I hadn't considered murdering your therapist. Not kill, kill, Julia. Just kill enough to turn them into a vampire so then they could be their therapist forever. So it would have to be a really hot therapist. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of bad reasons to turn someone into a vampire. And I think that's no worse than only changing hot people because it would be, quote, unquote, too much of a waste. Exactly. Okay. So it's care package time. What do you want to send our darling Bella I am sending Bella a really nice handwritten congratulations note saying, you're free. Uh Uh-huh. This is how chapter seven ends. Jacob says, what do you want to do today? And Bella says, anything. I laughed back. It felt great to be free. Doesn't she deserve a little celebratory note? My care package item is similar to yours. Oh, what is it? I wish she had red balloons that she could tie around her wrist. So while she's going super fast on the motorcycle, it could have like a celebratory look to it. Uh And so I want to send Jacob red balloons to give to Bella for whenever he is planning on rescuing her. She can see a red balloon and be like, he's here to save me. And then she can put them around her wrist and it can be very exciting. Or like cans on strings at the back of the motorcycle and like a just escaped sign. Exactly, exactly. Like, let's make this a proper celebration. Yeah. It is so upsetting how happy she is to be free from her life partner. And he's only coming back to harass her more, Vanessa. What do you think is going to happen next chapter? I mean, I think exactly that. I think that Edward's going to come back and pop all of Bella's balloons. And like not in a sexy way. No. Like, that was not a metaphor for them having sex. No. I think he's going to take his sharp, sharp teeth and go, you could have been hurt, but on every syllable, bite a balloon. Yeah, nothing like threatening your girlfriend to really get your point across. Thanks for sticking with us, everyone. We know that this was a tough chapter. This has been Twilight in Quarantine, a list of all the people I've killed from Hot and Bothered. This episode and all episodes are produced and edited by Ariana Nettleman. This show was conceived of as a vampire baby by Julia Argi. And I'm Vanessa Soltan, and I have imprinted on the baby. We are a production of Not Sorry Productions and are distributed by Acast. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week.